Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hey everyone, thanks so much for downloading the Money Girl podcast. It's great to have you here. I really appreciate you spending some time with me this week. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert, content creator, media source, and award-winning author based in Austin, Texas. I hope you're having a fantastic summer and staying cool. It has definitely been a hot one with all the fires in California and the record temperatures I think we'll all be ready for some cool weather when fall rolls around. So we've just probably got a few more weeks, maybe another month or two to get there. I'm really looking forward to it. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I love HSAs. That stands for Health Savings Account. I've had a health savings account, or my husband has had one for many, many years. We love it. But with more and more people getting insurance on their own, either because their employer doesn't offer a plan or because they're self-employed, it can be difficult to know if you're even qualified to have an HSA. That is the case with a Money Girl listener named Lydia G, who recently sent me a note. She said, my family owns a small business and we administer our health plan. It's a PPO with copays and deductibles of $3,500 in network and a maximum out-of-pocket expense of $7,350. I would love to set up an HSA for myself and my spouse, who is also covered under our plan. How can I make sure that our health plan qualifies for an HSA? Lydia, thanks so much. This is a great question. And in this show, I'm going to answer your question and cover the facts about what an HSA is and the rules to qualify for one. If your health plan qualifies for an HSA, it is definitely one of my favorite ways to cut medical costs and save money. So I highly recommend getting on the HSA bandwagon if your health plan does indeed qualify. And if you stick with me, you will definitely know by the end of the show whether your plan qualifies or how to figure it out. You'll find the notes for this and every show with links to resources that I mention and the full archive of podcasts over in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 557, How to Know if Your Health Plan Qualifies for an HSA. Okay, to start out, let's review exactly what an HSA is and how it helps you save money. The reason I love HSAs and the reason they are so powerful 
is because they come with tax advantages and specifically three main benefits. Let's review those. Number one, your HSA contributions are never taxed. So an HSA is funded with pre-tax dollars, and that's the case whether you make contributions on your own or your employer does it on your behalf. If you fund the account on your own, what you do is claim the total annual contributions as a deduction on your tax return. And you can do this even if you don't itemize deductions on your return. If an employer makes your contributions, they're deducted from your paycheck before taxes are ever taken out. Now, you can make these tax-deductible contributions to an HSA at any time during the year, even up to April 15 for the previous year. You can contribute even if you're retired, unemployed, or have annual income that's less than your contribution. So it's a little bit more flexible than making a contribution to a retirement account. And you're actually never required to make HSA contributions. So you can open up that account and just let it sit there if you want, but that's definitely not what I recommend. Okay, so that's the first way that you're saving money with an HSA. Those contributions that you put in, it's income that you never have to pay tax on. The second way your HSA saves you money is because your earnings in an HSA are never taxed. Most HSAs pay interest on your balance, just like a bank savings account. Plus, you typically also have the option to transfer all or a portion of your balance to investments. Maybe they have mutual funds or money market funds to grow your balance. Unlike with a taxable bank or a taxable brokerage account, interest or investment growth that you earn in an HSA is completely tax-free. And the third way your HSA saves you money is because the withdrawals are never taxed. This is key. When you take money out of an HSA, there are no taxes. This is true no matter if you withdraw original contributions, interest income or investment earnings from the account. But the trick is that you have to use that money to pay for qualified healthcare expenses. The bottom line is that you don't have to pay federal income tax, social security tax, Medicare tax, or even state income taxes in most states on the funds that you put into or withdraw from an HSA. Your funds can be spent on a variety of medical expenses that are not covered by your health insurance, like your deductible, and maybe things like dental bills, vision expenses, prescription drugs, and co-pays. As I mentioned, there's no requirement for HSA participants to make contributions, but there are annual caps. So there are these annual thresholds, which is the maximum that you can put in in a given tax year. For 2018, you can contribute up to $3,450 if you have insurance for just yourself, or up to $6,900 if you have a family plan. So a family plan could be having just a spouse on your plan or a spouse and dependents or just dependents. That's considered a family plan. In many cases, employers also contribute HSA matching dollars when you enroll in a qualified health plan at work. If so, the contributions from your company do have to be included in those annual limits that I just reviewed. And no matter if you get health insurance on your own or through an employer, you're still eligible for an HSA. 
The funds that you don't spend simply roll over from year to year, and that makes an HSA a really convenient way to save for your current or future medical expenses. You own your HSA at all times, and you can take it with you if you change medical plans, you change jobs, or retire. While all these benefits are amazing, not everyone can cash in on them. You can only have an HSA when you also have a special type of insurance known as a high deductible health plan, which I'll cover more about in just a moment. Additionally, you generally can't have any other health coverage besides a high deductible health plan, and you cannot be enrolled in Medicare. Also, you can't be claimed as a dependent on someone else's tax return. So if you pass those tests, all you need is a high deductible health plan to qualify. Now, the downside of an HSA is that spending any amount of it on non-qualified expenses, maybe that could be food or a vacation, that subjects you to income tax plus a hefty 20% penalty on those amounts that you pull out. So you never want to put money into an HSA that you might need for everyday expenses. And I'm not going to go through the long list of qualified medical costs that you can pay for using an HSA, but I will put a link in the show notes to IRS Publication 502. That gives you a list of what's qualified and what's not qualified. And there's just a ton there that you may not expect. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses 
and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into more about what exactly a high-deductible health plan is. As the name indicates, it has a higher annual deductible compared to traditional health plans. The upside is that they also come with lower monthly premiums. So the insurance costs less because it doesn't start paying your medical bills until you've met a higher annual deductible. But what's important to know is that high-deductible health plans do cover certain types of preventive care at no charge, such as an annual physical, prenatal and well-child care, immunizations and screenings, regardless of the deductible. So that means those basic medical costs are automatically covered for you even if you haven't met your annual deductible. So having a higher deductible doesn't necessarily mean that you have to skip important checkups if your budget is tight. The annual premium savings, tax benefits, and potential employer contributions can make a high deductible health plan paired with an HSA very economical. If you're relatively healthy and you don't have many medical expenses, you will probably come out ahead with the high deductible plan paired with an HSA. You got to remember that the purpose of having health insurance isn't to cover every single expense associated with a head cold. It's to protect your finances against a devastating, expensive, major medical condition. Before opting for a high deductible health plan, you do have to be sure that you can afford the deductible. I'd say that if you fund an HSA on a consistent basis or you've got other emergency savings to tap, you can probably handle that higher deductible. But a high deductible health plan is not for everyone. If you're managing a chronic illness, you take expensive prescription drugs, or you have children, you could end up paying more. So you need to weigh having a potentially higher annual deductible against having guaranteed higher monthly premiums. Now that you understand more about high-deductible health plans, let's get back to Lydia's question about how to know if her health plan is HSA qualified. It's a little tricky because not all health plans with high deductibles are eligible. For a health plan to be HSA qualified, it must meet the following three criteria for 2018. The first criteria is the minimum deductible. It must be no less then $1,350 for individual plans and $2,700 for families. So the deductible has to be at least that amount, all right? It can be higher, but it can't be lower than those amounts. The second criteria is the maximum out-of-pocket that you can spend each year. It cannot exceed $6,650 for individuals and $13,300 for families. So that's really good. The maximum is set to make sure that if you have a really bad illness, that you're not going to exceed those amounts in a calendar year. So it's got to meet those maximums. And the third criteria are benefit exclusions. These restrict the services that you can receive to preventive care only before meeting the annual deductible. Remember I said you can get that preventive care even if you haven't met the deductible. But that's all that you can get 
before meeting the deductible. For example, if a health plan pays for emergency services, doctor visits, or prescription drugs with a copay before you meet the deductible, that means that it is not HSA qualified. Again, preventive care, such as getting a physical or cancer screenings, can be covered before you meet a deductible with an HSA-qualified plan. Since Lydia mentioned that her husband is also covered with her plan, let's compare it to the high-deductible health plan requirements for a family plan. She said her insurance has a $3,500 deductible, which does meet the first criteria that I mentioned of having to be more than $2,700. Her plan also meets the second criteria for the out-of-pocket maximum. She said it has a $7,350 maximum. So compare that to the required limit of $13,300 means that that criteria is also met. But we don't know if Lydia's plan meets the third criteria for benefit exclusions. She would have to read her policy for the coverage details. And if you're looking in your policy, you can also look for a reference to Internal Revenue Code Section 223, which is the law that defines the high deductible health plan rules. So look for that. Uh, But I would say when in doubt, contact your insurance company to find out if your health plan is HSA qualified. Since this is usually a pretty big selling point for insurers, most are not shy about labeling eligible plans as HSA qualified. But Lydia mentioned to me in her email that she did contact her insurer, and she still didn't get a clear answer from them. So Lydia, my recommendation would be to call the insurer again and ask to speak to a policy specialist or a manager. Try to get somebody else on the phone who can be a little bit more clear. But I would say that if an insurer cannot confirm that your plan is HSA eligible, I would assume that it is not. And when open enrollment comes up for Lydia's company, what they should do is just shop around for quotes for a bona fide HSA qualified plan to make sure that that's one of their choices going forward. Now, I know I covered a lot of numbers there. If you want to review the rules and requirements for health savings accounts, I created a one-page cheat sheet that you can download for free. It'll make it a lot easier to see it all on one page. To get the free PDF, just text HSA tool, H-S-A-T-O-O-L with no space, to the number 33444. And that'll help you review the requirements as we go through the podcast. A common question that comes up is, what happens to an HSA balance if you become uninsured or you switch to a non-qualified health plan? Well, the good news is that you can still use the money in your HSA to pay for medical expenses tax-free. However, you won't be eligible to make any new contributions if you're not covered by an HSA-qualified plan. And if you still have funds in an HSA after you turn 65, it actually turns into something that looks very similar to a retirement account. You can use the money for non-medical expenses without that steep 20% penalty that I mentioned. But you still do have to pay income tax on those amounts if you spend it on non-medical expenses. If you spend it on qualified expenses, it is completely tax-free no matter your age. You may be thinking that having an HSA sounds great, but where would you get the money to fund it? Well, that brings me to one of the HSA's best features. 
you can make a once-in-a-lifetime transfer from your IRA to fund an HSA without paying an early withdrawal penalty. That's actually how I opened my HSA many years ago. So if you have a balance in an IRA, you can transfer up to the annual contribution limit into a brand new HSA. Again, you can only do that once in your lifetime. So it's a good way to kind of get you kickstarted with an HSA if you don't have any extra money right now to fund it. And if you wanted to only put a few hundred dollars in it, that's okay too. To sum up, I'm going to review seven major benefits of having an HSA. Number one is that contributions are tax deductible up to the annual legal limit. So that means you can reduce your taxable income and the amount of tax you have to pay by funding the account. Number two, you never lose HSA funds because they stay in your account from year to year for your entire life with no penalty if you don't spend them. Number three, withdrawals from an HSA are never taxed as long as you spend them on qualified medical expenses. Number four, contributions grow tax-free when you have interest earnings or investment gains in an HSA if you spend them on qualified medical expenses now or in retirement. Number five, you can spend an HSA on you, your family, or your dependents when there are qualified out-of-pocket medical expenses. Number six, you own an HSA and can decide how much to save or spend each year. It's yours no matter if you change employers, switch health plans, become unemployed, or retire. And by the way, you cannot own an HSA jointly, even if you're married. You always own an HSA as an individual. And number seven, if you no longer have a high-deductible health plan, you can't continue making contributions. However, you can always spend your HSA on qualified expenses. A big thanks to Lydia for sending in her question that inspired this show. And let me know how it goes when you reach back out to the insurance company for more information. To keep the money conversation going with a terrific community, join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To request your invitation, visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS, D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to the number 33444. And before we go, one more thing, I also want to invite you to sign up for my free short weekly email that's filled with tips, tools, and recommendations that I think you might enjoy. To get it, text get updates with no space to that same number 33444 or you can sign up at lauradadams.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs>